Dead Source, your home for a whole pantheon of entertainment. My name's Nathan, your most blessed host. My name's Andy, your most aggressively apathetic host. And I'm Pat, and I'm your only host going to heaven, so... Yeah, well, that's fine. You have fun. I mean, that's probably true. Anyway, it's another week, uh, another glorious day in Thing is, paradise. How are you guys I doing? I wouldn't that? know anyone in heaven anyway, so, except for you. <laughs> and the music sucks. Music, is, yeah, right. music in hell is much It's supposed to harp music, and I like harp music, but you need more variety. You need some jazz, so we're talking. Man. We're talking about religion <laughs> The this devil's week. jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to do, we're, I think, <laughs> we're, we're going to be uh, doing a new type of episode that we haven't done before. We're going to all be answering a religion quiz together. But first, the only quiz I'm interested in is the quiz of, how, how's your week going, guys? It's good. Pretty uneventful. Still, uh, you know, still under lockdown and stuff, but we did okay. finish. How's your boss? I've been, I've been talking. Oh, how's my boss? Uh, well, he hasn't kicked the bucket. <laughs> I don't, I, That's good. I haven't heard from him. I assume he's recovering well and doing fine. Okay. No, no news is alive news. Uh, we finished, uh, Book of Revelation and that chapter was bonkers. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> That happens in Book of Revelation. It's it's sort of like yeah. the acid trip version of uh, you know, uh, out of all of the stories, it's got a lot of uh, crazy stuff uh, going on. Yeah, I mean, so Revelations Revelations is the last book of the Bible. So did you all shake hands and be like done and done and walk away? No. Um. So there's a book. That is written by Brother Rex. He's he's the one who he's basically a pastor. He he's the one who usually leads the uh, you know the church services and stuff. Mm-hmm. The book is about sort of like interpreting revelations and like piecing together like what the end times will look like chronologically, like what what events will happen day by day. So we're going, we went through Revelations and read the whole thing, and now um, his book tends to jump around, so it he takes it chronologically in what happens. That's not really the way it's ordered in, uh, in the Bible, so we're reading his book and uh, sort of jumping around from segment to segment and seeing, like, where pieces fit together. It's pretty interesting, yeah. Interesting. It's, it's a lot of fun. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, there's there's like a there's like a city that's a woman, and she covers like multiple rivers, and then there's a dragon that gets kicked out of heaven. A lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, obviously. Isn't this like directly pulled from our D and D campaign now? <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. It's like, like it, it's the most things. like a uh, fantasy novel out of all mm. the books. Turns out that Jesus was a half orc. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. I have to get over this mental image of Jesus as a half orc now. So just give me a minute here. <laughs> take, take, your, take your time, man. Um, I don't know. All the, I'm not. I'm not editing any of this out. All staying in the episode. My week's been okay. 
what the hell have I even done? Um, I went down recently. I, I went down to Columbus to see uh, a couple friends of mine who got married about a year ago. And it was sort of their anniversary slash actually finally sort of celebrating their wedding at all with, 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 with people. It wasn't a big gathering or anything. There weren't more than six or eight people at a time. I was going to say, a year ago, they were allowed to celebrate with other people. But they didn't. So a year ago, when they got married, they did it really quick, kind of quickly. It was very small. There were like maybe 10 people there total. And that was it. And they were trying to kind of, they have been planning this for a year as because, you know, it costs costs money to throw a celebration and stuff. And they just, they did it the way, I mean, to be honest, I would like to do it that way. Very chill. Right, but um, yeah. more than more than one couple that I know have had their wedding delayed uh, due to yeah. coronavirus. Yeah, one of them is me. Yep, um, <laughs> which we've talked about, but that's fine. Actually, so so that was that was nice. We went down to Columbus. We wore masks and everything, and it was it was a nice socially distant, or I should say, physically distant get together. Um, and it was really, really, really nice to to see them. And tomorrow, so Wednesday, so by the time listeners get hear this, last week, we're doing our engagement photos, and I hate photos. Oh, but this is something that you will have for the rest of your life, though. Right, mm. and the, the thing that I have heard recently that made a lot of sense to me is if you have people in your life that you love and that care about you, don't shy away from photos because there's going to be a point where you're not around anymore and those photos will mean a lot to other people. And I know, like, I know that sucks for people who are shy or don't want their picture taken or whatever, but there, there is a reason for doing it. I mean, yeah, but I still don't like taking photos. So, <laughs> like, it's not like just because I know that someone else will appreciate them that I suddenly like taking them anymore. Right? Why would that doesn't right. have any effect on how I feel about them? Um, but but it, it should have an effect on the way you feel about them. But like, it basically means is suck it up, suck it up, buddy. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Like suck it up and do it. Well, also, if your if your photographer is any good, they'll they'll make it a fun process. You'll do some mm. silly ones. You'll you know get set up, and they'll have some like cool scenery uh, to mess around with yeah, and do like different angles hate all of that all of that sounds horrible well i don't like photographers like i don't chased by i don't like photographers and i don't like these photographers dang um and i don't like <laughs> photography and i don't like being in pictures and i don't like looking at pictures none of it nope have, have you ever I mean, thought I'm, that i'm maybe gonna you do are, it and i'm you're ugly? not going to ruin it for caitlin but i'm not i'm we have a deal, Caitlin and I, that afterwards on the way home, we're picking up a pizza to make up for it. <laughs> well, that's that's fine. <laughs> like, if if a pizza is what it takes for you to get over your like discomfort of no, no, it's taken, just enough that's bribery like, that's to cheap... make me get me to fake it for an hour. That's a cheap date. Yeah, well, I am a pretty cheap date. Anyway. You're lucky if it's only an hour. So that's kind of what's going on for me. Oh, cool. I do have a quick shout-out, though, this week. Uh, uh, shout-out to Jocelyn at work, slash Jacqueline, now uh, one of our new listeners. 
Oh, awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Hi, Jacqueline. So, Jocelyn. Is it Jocelyn or Jacqueline? Yeah, it's a little inside joke that I... Her name is Jocelyn, but I'm terrible at names. It takes me a while. So, I was close. I had... I thought that her name was Jacqueline. I was close. That's not... That's not close, but... Jocelyn, uh, Jacqueline. Jocelyn. Thanks for listening. That's like... (laughs) 60% 60% the same letters. That's not... 60% is not good. Listen, it's not like I thought it was like Sam. We share like 80% of our DNA with bananas. So yeah, and I would say that, that makes us all a little fruity. <laughs> <laughs> um, what am I trying... <laughs> That's what bananas. I uh, okay. Go on. I uh, It took me a long time to edit last week's episode, so I apologize to people for that. I I think I'm not really going to apologize for stuff like yeah. that because in the long run, like people will listen to this after this week, and they're not going to care that last week's episode was a little late or a lot late, as the case may have been. Oh, but you you do a great job, and we appreciate you. Bud. Well, thank you. I'm trying to think what the the reasons for me being late were. I I'm honestly don't know. I feel like I was really busy. You're lazy. We're just going to stick with that. What what is going on? We uh. We have a, a neighbor in our area that we don't really know her very well, but she basically hired my stepson, Charlie, um, to water her flowers when she went out of town. And it was great. And he loved it. But we picked, like, the worst week because he was with his dad most of the time. So Sarah ended up watering the flowers most of the time. <laughs> but, like, she, like, gave him some money and she gave us a gift. Uh, she got some, like raw honey when she went out of town. I forget where she went, but like I love honey as a gift because it lasts forever and I will always always use it. Uh, she got Charlie a t-shirt and stuff like that. So it was it was just nice and she paid him money. So cool. money is always good. How's your baking been going? I haven't really done much recently cuz we've been trying to not gain the COVID-19. <laughs> So, yeah, like, my salads have been on point lately, but I have not done a lot of baking is, recently. Is baking going to give you more risk is... of exposure somehow? Just getting ingredients? No, no, no. No, no the, COVID, the COVID-19 is the 19 pounds that you gain from being in quarantine during this oh, whole thing. Oh, gotcha. It's like the freshman 15 there and the COVID-19. Yeah, somebody somebody had another name for it the other day. The oh yeah, the quarantine fifteen. I was like, no, what are you doing? COVID nineteen is the perfect, perfect thing. Although it's for explaining how much weight you're. It's gonna almost gain. too slick though, because that's the yeah, actual think, name of the vi- or of the disease. So right, and if Pat didn't get it, I'm sure there would be listeners who didn't get it either. But yeah, we're we've been trying to go a little bit more low carb. And speaking of going low carb. I want to go low carb on religion. The new low carb that, Jesus wafers. That was not one of my better transitions, <laughs> but we're gonna go. No, with it was it. great. We're moving along. Excellent. Um, so we're doing a different kind of episode uh, this week, and I think we might do these in the future as well. But uh, we have a online quiz that we're all gonna take together. We're gonna answer the questions. And uh, we're going to see where we end up. Does anyone want to explain what quiz we're going to be taking Sure, I will. Uh, Today, we are going to be taking the best-named quiz on the internet. It's called the Beliefomatic. 
Ever wondered? Powered by SelectSmart.com. Yes. Powered by <laughs> BeliefNet.com. BeliefNet.com. Find the faith that matches your beliefs. Yeah, it's a the beliefomatic. Uh, we're gonna ask the beliefomatic what religion we are. <laughs> so here, I'm gonna read the the exact phrasing of this thing. What religion am I? Ask the beliefomatic. Ever wondered what religion you are? Are you sure your faith is the best choice for you? Take our religion quiz to find out. Answer 20 questions about your concept of God, the afterlife, human nature, and more. And the Believomatic will tell you what religion or spiritual path, if any, best suits your beliefs. Nice. Yeah. So, so. what we're going to do is one of us will read the question and the answer choices. And then I figure... We'll go around ending with the person who read the question. So whoever read the question can answer last. And we will (laughs) explain our selection and talk about it a little bit. Hey there, I'm going to pop in here real quick. Hi, everybody. It's one of your top three favorite Be The Dead source hosts, Nathan. To cut down on the length of the episode, I've cut out us reading the multiple choice answers for each of the questions. Don't worry, it's very obvious the answers we pick, and we read each of them out while we're answering. You don't need anything else but the audio of this episode to understand it. However, you won't hear the answers that we don't choose. And if you'd like to, I recommend following along with us and taking the quiz yourself. I'll obviously include the URL in the doobly-doo, but for those of you who ain't got time for that, just Google BeliefNet Religion Quiz, and it'll be the first result. Anyway, enjoy! Yeah, no, that that sounds good to me. Um, I think. Uh, why don't we go ahead and just jump into it? Who wants to read first? Uh, well, you oh, first. you you won the die roll, didn't you? Oh, that's true. I that's true. I did. You did. We did roll. <laughs> I forgot right. about that. Uh, but doesn't doesn't that mean I get to choose? Then it doesn't mean I have to. It means sure. What do you want to What do you want to choose? You can either choose whether you want to kick and re- kick or receive, or you can choose which side you want to defend. <laughs> I'll just do it. It's fine. All right, question one of 20. What is the number and nature of the deities? So this is right out of the gates. This is one of the issues with a quiz like this. Um, You've got, what, one, two, three, four, five kind of thought-provoking, different, rather, you know, unique even descriptions of, of possible spiritualities. They're fairly specific. Then you've got... This other one that's just a dump of no God or I don't know or I don't care. <laughs> right. Like, w- like there's no those those those. I'm whatever. It's just limiting. There's and there's a difference between like no God and none of the above. Seem I mean I yeah I guess none of the above is probably where I'd go. Like I'm I'm pretty firmly agnostic. In that I don't, I don't know what's out there. I'm not gonna try and figure well, so it out. Well, so I'm gonna go with B. Only one God and incorporeal spirit, no body, infinite supreme personal the creator. So, um, the Christian doctrine would probably be that it would be a corporeal spirit has a body. Um, but the thing is. The question then would be like, where is he? And and the answer is sort of like everywhere, all at once, outside of time. But that I mean, 
is there like a single body or a point or a mass somewhere that we've identified as God? And um, other than like some very personal stories, like firsthand accounts, um, like I don't think that that's really an accepted truth. So that's why I'm going to go with um, nobody, but I, you know, I could be wrong about that, but. Yeah, uh, you are, and I can prove it, because God has a Twitter account, <laughs> and you can't tweet without thumbs, therefore he has a body. <laughs> Man, you got <laughs> me. That's, that's Boom! Fair. That is, uh, you, <laughs> wow. Uh, Pat, I'm sorry that uh, your religion was so completely destroyed. <laughs> In the first question, though, wow. <laughs> come at me, bro. <clears throat> All right, I'm getting. <laughs> um, a I think today. I have to. I think I have to go with. Um, I think I have to go with none of the above because my options are a whole bunch of different representations of an actual god, or no god, or supreme powers, or not sure, or not important, or none of the above. Because I don't know. I'm not saying there's no God, and it's either incredibly important or not important at all, depending on whether there is a God or not. And my goal isn't not to is isn't to piss off some God that's out there that I don't know about. It's just to say mm, you you didn't really equip me for this question. You you didn't so you didn't give me the information I needed to so answer why one not, way or another. Why not the second to last one? Why not uh, no god or supreme forces or not sure or not important? Well, I think not sure would work, but if if the thing is saying no god and and that's the thing it's it's crappily worded, right? I mean, no god or supreme forces or not sure or not important. Like that's that's still putting a box around what God is or isn't. And I just don't know. I mean, not sure is one of, literally one of the answers that's included in that. But, fair enough. Right. But it's it's included with other answers. So if I take not sure, I have to take the whole kit and caboodle on that line. Well, and none of the above, I think, better encapsulates not sure for me as well. So... I'm going to go ahead and mark down the no god or su- supreme forces or not sure or not important. I would I'm going to mark it kind of under protest. Uh I don't think that it's nearly descriptive enough. I don't think that it handles any sort of nuance whatsoever. In fact, it specifically like avoids it. Um, yeah, it specifically sticks atheists and agnostics in the same right. uh, in the same camp. Yeah, heathens. Yeah. So just to kind of clarify my actual stance, just right. Um, <laughs> I am fairly confident that there is no deity or supreme being or whatever, um, but I am not so convinced of that. That I am willing to, like, say definitively, like, who, who, how would I know, right? It, I, right. it certainly doesn't seem that way to me, but I could easily One. still be wrong because if there, you know what I mean? Like, there's, 
it, we're dealing, we're talking about magic here. Like, I might just not be able to see the magic, basically. So that is, it might just be a human limitation or whatever. So I could be wrong, but I have not seen any evidence. So my base assumption is may as well just assume that there isn't a God. Sure. And I think you, you sort of brought it up uh, when you were talking, but you said, how would I know? And that's basically my whole thing about the whole thing is how would I know? Yeah. Um, now, I do want to point out uh, there's one last piece to each question. We're on question one of 20, and it just took us like 10 minutes to answer it, so we <laughs> may need to crank it up a little bit. But there is another part about each question that I think is important, and that is at the bottom of each question it says, how important is this to you, low, medium, or high? Yeah, low. So I think I'm sticking in the middle. Um, I'm just going to say medium because, like, the distinction between having a corporeal spirit or not having a corporeal, uh, having a body, is not that, that's not make or break for me, so I'm just going to put it as medium. And it seems like, it seems like there were, it's been a while since I've read the Bible, but in the Old Testament, didn't he come forward as a corporeal being from time to time or is that just me like remembering like him like walking with homer simpson in that one episode or whatever um there's a lot of messengers there's a lot of in-betweeners so like an angel will appear and tell you you know that god said x y and z but he does appear i think to abraham he appears in person he appears to Moses in person, so uh, there. I thought he was a burning bush with Moses, right? So, I mean, yes, there are there are cases where you would say, like, yeah, he's got a physical body that he showed up in person. Mm-hmm. In. Right. I see what you mean. Interesting. All right, who's reading two? I will. Question number two: Are there human incarnations of God or of gods slash goddesses? Choose one. All right. So, yeah, I think for this one, I'm going to go with, I I know it's uh, me breaking off from question one, but I think I have to go with or not sure in that second to last one. No incarnations because there is no God or not sure or not important. But I honestly think I could uh, easily go with the one that says all are equally incarnations because God is all and all are God or God is in all. I mean, I could go either way. So there is a strong argument for all are equally incarnations, I think, um, because there is a Holy Spirit that can dwell in anybody. Um, and like the, the spirit that you would take up would be the same spirit that was in Jesus. But for me, I'm going to say one incarnation because um, being the son of God, I think makes, it makes him the only person. That seems like, yeah, a good he's one. the only one that would really be like an <clears throat> incarnation of God in that way. Even though like the Trinity is weird. The Trinity is going to mess up some of these questions in, in a way because, um, you know, it's like you're dealing with a three-part God that is equally like a man and a 
spirit and a father, and it's all three at once, and it's it's messy, it's weird, but um, I'm gonna go with B one incarnation. The cool. the description you just gave, I think, also would work for the movie Ghost Dad. <laughs> it's messy, it's weird. He's a father. He's a spirit. Right. Yep. 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 Uh, I'm gonna go with no incarnations because they're, and I'm gonna just paraphrase it to my own way. No, no incarnations because there probably is no God. Although I'm not sure. Either way, it's not that important to me. Uh, this one I'm gonna put high important on. Okay, I put low. And I am also gonna go low. Ho <laughs> ho. Get low. Get low. Oh, no, wait. No. Never mind. Nope. So what are the origins of the physical yeah. universe and life on Earth? Choose one. As stated in scripture, God created a mature universe and mature life forms from nothing in less than seven days, less than 10,000 years ago. That's A. That's mine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't Already... Already eliciting a little bit of laughter here. Uh, I guess I'll go first because I'm going to be fairly simple and straightforward about this. Only natural forces like evolution and the Big Bang count for existence. And not a creator or spiritual forces, or at least I'm not, there's no evidence that they do, that there is evidence that natural forces do account for existence and so on. There is no evidence that a creator does. Unless, for some reason, the creator wanted to hide that, but as far as I'm concerned, that's, uh, 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 oh, what's the, red herring, a a scarecrow, no, it's just a, like, it's unfalsifiable, how how are we supposed to have that conversation, maybe, I guess, maybe a, a, a creator set these natural processes in motion, you could say, but I just don't, I feel like it's just grasping at straws, maybe. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's easy, too. I mean, because the the two sides of the coin are, I'm not sure, or that I feel it was natural forces. Maybe there, maybe there's some somebody out there working with natural forces, but I don't have any evidence to make me feel that way. So, yeah, I'm also going to go with the same one as Andy. Only natural forces, or not sure, or not important. So, w- one of the big things to me about religion in general is that a lot of these stories you know jesus never really just like went to somebody and told them like you need to do x y and z he would give it to them in a parable he would tell like this metaphorical story that would help them to understand the point that he was trying to make and presenting information in that way makes people like they processes they process the information better they kind of earned the information by like deciphering this story and to me that's kind of what it's about like it's not about you know the earth was created in seven days and that has to be the scientific truth and if it wasn't made in seven days you're going to have a big problem with, you know, any data that comes out that says, like, <laughs> well, clearly it wasn't made in seven days. Um, right. So to me, I'm going to go with C, 
God is creating and controlling the natural processes discovered by scientists, or there are other spiritual explanations compatible with scientific discovery. I don't think that taking the Bible as scientific truth is valuable to scientific truth or valuable to the Bible. I, like, I, I don't think that anybody is a winner out of that. So that's, that's my right, answer. Yeah. Well, and for what it's worth, I, I wanted to also mention that the second sentence of that one, anyway, the, or there are, uh, there are other spiritual explanations compatible with scientific discovery. I'm not against that. I don't really feel that way. I tend to kind of just, I don't, I don't go for, for more spiritual explanations of, of, the physical universe and stuff like that. But I'm not fully ready to disclude them from possibility. I, while I lean towards that, that answer of, you know, pretty decidedly like natural forces explain stuff. And if there is scientific evidence, if we're seeing science, you know, evidence of a natural force, then that's what I'm believing. Cause that there's evidence it's trackable. Um, but where there isn't evidence, I'm not ready to discount any any explanation. If we don't know the answer, then anything that seems to answer it is a possibility. Right. Yeah, and I like and Pat, I like your your answer to that a lot too because mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons that uh, like churches in general, but especially the Catholic Church, is struggling a little bit now is. If you have religion that says, this is how things are, but that flies in the face of what you can see with your own two eyes, that that religion is not going to do well <laughs> in the right. future. Well, and so I think if you can find a way to, be, to, to believe in your religion and simultaneously understand that science is a thing and that things might change, I absolutely think that makes sense. Right. We, we live in a country where, where people are actively trying to stop evolution from being taught in schools. Like, there, yeah, there are people who are for that. And that's, uh, I mean, it's I don't big... think that's really doing anybody any favors. I went with medium. Medium important. I'm on high. Yeah, I went with high on that one as well. See, this is the thing. I'm I'm afraid Andy and I's answers are going to be too close to each other. Just get the exact same answer. We need to get yeah. Now we need to like put us on a team and have a guest for this episode. <laughs> All right. Question four of twenty. What happens to humans after death? Do you, Do you want to take this one first, Andy, or I can ta- I can tackle it. I mean, I can go first. Perhaps unsurprisingly. I'm going to choose there is no spiritual existence beyond life, or not sure, or not important, and it's not very important to me. Hmm. Low importance. Um, I don't... And so here's the thing. I kind of like answer the one right above. One, two, three, four, five, six. There is definitely an afterlife, but the specifics cannot be known or are unimportant. Most important is one's conduct in life. My beef here is it says definitely. If it said there might be an afterlife, but the specifics cannot be known or unimportant, most important is one's conduct in life, it would be the perfect answer for me. Hmm. 
But it doesn't. It says there is definitely. I can't I can't choose that. So I have to go with this other one. Just for fun. I'm gonna go ahead and choose that one actually. Just just to see if it maybe possibly spits Ooh. something out. Cause it's cause it's pretty close, cause it's one word off. It's close enough and that definitely is like Yeah, I I have a problem with that for sure, but but let's just make this a little more interesting. Well, what if you what if you change what you're defining as an afterlife? There's definitely an afterlife, but that might include decomposition and decaying and <laughs> turning into a skeleton and then being in a science classroom as a skeleton and then do 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 or being being creepily encased in photographs on people's walls for decades, centuries even. Yeah. Um I'm going to say Death results in unconsciousness. This is B. Uh, until at final judgment, the righteous will rise to heaven, while the wicked on earth are destroyed. The righteous will return to paradise on earth for eternity. But I want to preface that with... Um, <laughs> you just said it. You can't preface it anymore. It's too late. Okay. Well, fair <laughs> enough. Um, I want to uh, post-face <laughs> this. I'll allow it. <laughs> with, you know, I haven't been there. I can't give it a review on Yelp. I can't say, you know, definitely that this is what absolutely happens. This is what I've <laughs> been taught. But you have been there. It's on Earth. You like you get you get to stay on yeah, Earth. Yeah, that's true. Are you going to are you going to live in Ohio after like during the afterlife or like moved to Norway or what are you um, thinking? well, so there's this big um New Judea, there's this big like marble city that comes down. It's made out of like marble and gold and it's got 12 gates of like oh, yeah. agate and sapphire and ruby and all these different uh gates around it. And so I think I'll chill in the New Judea. Sounds pretty good. Are you hmm. And I don't mean this sarcastically. Are you... Was that a joke? Or is that your... Like, that's this what the scripture says and that's what you're saying you believe. Like, there's going to be this city thing. That's what's in the scripture. I'm... I'm pretty sure. But we'll say... Okay. We'll say that um, there could be a margin <laughs> for error. I could... I could find out that I'm wrong. One, this rolls into what, what you were talking about before about, like, how you deal with science. Like, it's not, like, you believe what you believe, but you're not necessarily putting, like, guardrails on exactly what what that means. Um, I right. I mean, I could, I, mean fi- me. I could find out with my eyes and my ears and my senses that I was right or that I was wrong. But while I'm alive, you know, this is my best guess. Or or we just die, yeah. maybe. <laughs> right. There's well what is what is the there's a philosophical belief about like it like believing in heaven because what's the downside? Like like being a Christian because like it's a good bet. Pascal's yeah. wager. Yeah, Pascal's wager. So it it's like a uh if you make a punnet square, if you make a <laughs> graph. This is hard to do visually because uh, we're do- working in an audio medium. But imagine it's it's divided up into four quadrants. It's a Punnett square. 
So you have like, you know, Christianity is right or Christianity is wrong and being a believer or being a non-believer. And the only time that you get punished is if you're a non-believer and you're wrong. If you're a believer and you're wrong, nothing really that bad happens to you. And right. you might be <laughs> a little less anxious about dying if you're convinced that you're going to be rewarded in an afterlife for living a righteous life. You know, you might be a little less terrified about the end of your existence. Well, all right. So this is actually kind of... <laughs> it's funny that you say that because it's the opposite to me. Like... The way I, I look at it here is, you know, there, there might be an afterlife, but the specifics can't be known or unimportant. I like that answer because, um, it, as far as I'm concerned, most important is one's conduct in life. Like it says, like, uh, when, when I, I'm gonna, tr I need to be, a, if I am the best person I can be in, in this life, it's, it's, it's sort of a, a another, um, logical wager like pascal's wager so but it's it's sort of the agnostic version i guess i need to be the best person i can be regardless of whether there's an afterlife or not because if i'm a good person and there is an afterlife i win if i'm a good person and there isn't an afterlife yeah i was still a great person if i was a bad person and there is an afterlife. I'm going to pay for it. If I'm a bad person and there isn't an afterlife, it doesn't matter. So, like, logically, I should just be a good person. And I might get a benefit. I might not. But that's not supposed to be what's important anyway. And if I'm being a good person just so that I can get a reward, or maybe not even just so that I can get a reward, but even if it's just primarily so that I can get a reward, that's a problem. That's not actually being a good person. That's just going through the motions. Right. And that doesn't mean it's worthless. Mm. And I think even most Christian and, and relig other religious leaders would kind of agree with that. You're not supposed to be, you're not supposed to follow God's law so that you can be rewarded. You're supposed to follow God's law because that's the r right way to live a life as a human being, right? Right. Okay, rant over. So my piece of this is um un unsurprisingly i'm not sure but i do have a little bit of this in me as well in terms of if there is a god and i'm not saying there is and i'm not saying there isn't but if there is a god who needs me to live my life in a certain way or else he's going to torture me for eternity fuck that guy <laughs> <laughs> like right right <laughs> I don't like yeah. that is not a God that if he does exist, I have any interest in like feeding his ego or whatever. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Um, if he does exist and he cares about me being a good person on earth, I'm going to go ahead and ascend anyway, or I'm given a, an opportunity uh, in the afterlife to make things work or, you know, option C, I rot in the ground for a long time. So I, I do, I agree with a lot of what you said, Andy, in terms of, I like that answer. Uh, there's definitely an afterlife, but the specifics cannot be known or unimportant. Most important is one's conduct in life. But because of that word, definitely, I have to go with, or not sure. 
there is no spiritual existence or not sure or not important. And I'm going to put that on high. Like, I think, I don't know if there's, like, if there's any question that should be on high, it's what happens to you for eternity. So, yeah, I I both don't know, and it is very, very important. I'm actually going with low importance on this one. It's not that I don't think salvation is important or, you know, being judged in the afterlife. It's that, you know, I give a margin of error for that being the correct answer. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it my turn? And Andy, yeah, and you're sticking with low on that last one. I actually bumped it up to medium. Okay. Because with my changed answer, the most important is one's conduct in life. I think that matters a lot. It doesn't matter it, when it, when my answer was more about the afterlife, it didn't matter. But since I chose one that kind of gears more towards life, anyway. Um, okay, on to question number five. Why is there terrible wrongdoing in the world? So for this one, uh, I'm going to go with B. Wrongdoing occurs because God gave us free will plus a weak side or selfishness which can lead to wrongful choices. So the interesting thing about the word sin is it's an archery term. It comes from like the distance that you are from the target. And so the idea is that, you know, God being a perfect being uh, has a standard that none of us would normally live up to. Like we would be some distance away from the archery target. And gave us free will plus a weak side or selfishness. Like, I think that distance from God or that distance from, you know, being the perfect being is where we wind up making wrongful choices, hurting people, um, you know, stealing, murdering, lying. I, I think all of that comes from just like being born susceptible to those things. Yeah. No, that that sounds that's interesting. I can understand the reasoning behind that. I I can. I think I am leaning in this case. I'm just happy that I don't have to go not sure or none of the above this time because I'm going to go with egoism or self-importance leads to desire, craving and attachments, which can lead to unwholesome thoughts or wrong behavior. Now, what I think of unwholesome thoughts or wrong behavior might be very different than what this thing says. Um, e.g. greed, hate, and violence. I think, uh, yeah, self-importance, thinking that you're more important than other people, is exactly what leads to wrongdoing for a lot of people. That's sort of like a Buddhist uh, idea. Buddhism. Like, that your ego mm-hmm. is the, the reason that you act up. Mm. And I I like that answer, too. I mean, if I was giving, like, you know, second and third places, um, that is a good answer. Yeah. And it doesn't... I also like it because it doesn't say, definitely because of God, or (laughs) for sure, this is the reason. How important is this for me, medium? I'm going to obviously go with 
humans inherited self sinfulness or a damaged nature or tendency to yield to Satan's temptations from Adam and Eve's original sin against God. Oh, that's interesting. Um, that sounds right. Yep. Because that is my jam. That's very that's very on brand for you. Yeah. Not really that surprised. Because I know you're yeah. a man of the book. <laughs> um, I am a so uh, no um I and and I don't mean to poke fun. It is a viewpoint. It is not mine. Mine is... I'm going to go with no spiritual or supernatural reasons. Not sure. Not important. Um, and I kind of like the egoism thing. But I'm... I, I guess kind of... I don't want to narrow it down that far. Um, I don't necessarily think it's like this one thing, egoism... It just sounds, it's a little too Freudian for me, and Freud, you know, Freud obviously being pretty thoroughly debunked psychologically. Um, I'm not really, I don't want to commit myself to like that one thing. I think just humans are flawed. Humans are these, just these creatures that evolved seriously 10,000 to a hundred thousand years ago is really when like humanids and humanoids or whatever kind of started reaching some sort of prominence at all. Um, you think about like, we had an industrial revolution. We had an agricultural revolution, an industrial revolution and like just advanced technologically and socially more faster than any species we have ever, ever had seen any evidence of on any planet. Obviously, there could be whatever. Like, I think just we're, we're ultimately, I don't want to say we're primitive beings masquerading as, as civilized, cause that don't, that's not right. But I think it's unfair to expect so much of humans. Holy crap, we just let black people vote 50 years ago. Jesus Christ, like it's not we're 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 working on it. We're we're getting right. there. You heard it here first. Andy believes in Jesus Christ. Right, I was going to say you you called out. <laughs> See, when you're in when you're in need, you know who to go to. Right. No, it's <laughs> that's right. that's who Andy I think of when that. I'm pissed off. <laughs> and in the sake, uh, for the sake of brevity, yeah. Um, what? How important was this to you? Uh, medium. You can yeah, tell by how I got too. worked up. <laughs> I think anytime you and I can answer differently, I am fully on board. Yeah. So let's do. All it. right, moving um, on. Who's next? Man, whoever got, gets to read this one lucked out. Right. Uh, who are we on? All right. Question six of twenty. One or more spirit beings exist who can cause human suffering. Mm. Answer one, agree. Answer two, disagree. Answer three, not applicable. See, this is a tough one because I think I don't know if there was a maybe. Means. I would I would take a maybe. Um, one or more spirit beings exist who can cause human suffering. We're talking so, about demons, right? right? I mean, yeah, demons or Satan or, um, you know, whatever uh, maligned spirit from, you know, whatever doctrine. Casper. So um, I think of it more as like 
if a spirit exists, it's not because there's a ghost floating around. It's because it exists in someone's head. So for that reason, I'm going to go with agree. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that I think that there is, um, you know, a physical form of a demon and that you could point to it and be like, there it is right there. I think it's more psychological. Um, but mm. I'm going to err mm. on the side of saying agree <clears throat> rather than uh, to say, like, you know, there absolutely is not a spirit being. So, but I would take a maybe. And so I guess I'll put this at low importance. Yeah, I wish there was a maybe. I'm just going to go with disagree and low importance. Well, um, here's the thing, guys. Busting makes me feel good. <laughs> so I I want to be say, say agree, but uh, I'm going to go with not applicable and uh, just super low importance. Couldn't matter less. All righty. Question number seven. You know, a little bit of deja vu here. Um, why is there so much suffering in the world? <laughs> that's that's really like a deep philosophical <laughs> I like this. question. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it is uh, particularly appropriate to us because I think this is the fourth or fifth time yeah, we've well, tried, we tried to at least like, a couple record th- this question. <laughs> so that is my suffering in the world. <laughs> yeah, this is Groundhog Day. This is like... You know, we're, we've been put into uh, this, like, no-exit uh, Sarcha play. Well, I think, I think for me, there are two answers that, like, sort of, I don't know, appeal to me. The first one that I'm not choosing is suffering is a state of mind or illusion. Only our spiritual nature is real. Now, I care less about the spiritual nature part of that. I, I do think spirituality is different for everybody and it doesn't need to revolve around a God and things like that. But for suffering, I think there's something to be said about you to a certain extent control the amount of suffering that affects you. But I have to go with the last answer. None of the above human suffering has nothing to do with the supernatural. And I'm going to put a low importance on it. So I'm going to go with suffering is part of God's divine will plan or design e.g. to discipline, test, challenge, strengthen faith and moral character, or for reasons that we cannot or may not know. So my citation for this question is going to be the book of Job. If you have faith, but it's never tested, and, you know, it's just easy, you're never um, challenged in that faith, it doesn't really mean as much as a faith that is like hardened by the world, hardened by uh, suffering and iniquity. So one of the most holy things to Christians is being persecuted for your faith. If you're actually, if you're persecuted for your faith, that suffering, according to the scripture, brings you closer to Jesus and closer to hmm. God. So. That explains so much of Trumpism. Does it? <laughs> and that's this is why we always go ahead and enact the hmm. war on Christmas for you guys every year. So that way we can make sure that you're stronger. Yeah, we're doing it for you. It's really <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, it's man. a kindness. Well, thank you for that. 
I, I know what you're saying, and I, I, I can't, I'm not, I don't want to say that, like, it, that's ridiculous or anything. But what bugs me about that is that, is, is the idea that someone, someone's suffering, someone's pain and grief and, and all, all of that, you know, loss of life, loss of health, loss of family members, all of the pain that people go through and, it is immense on a daily basis that, that that's somehow like justified or made okay because it means that you love God a little more. That to me, I mean, that's a big problem that's, to me. That's specifically, that's specifically talking about being persecuted for your but, faith. But okay. Like saying, saying that I'm a Christian and people stone But me the dead. question is about like suffering that, in the world. So much right. suffering in the world. Why is there such a big scale? So, so by choosing that answer to me, anyway, like, that's saying, like, the scale of suffering in the world, for instance, that bomb that just went off or, or explosives that just went off in Lebanon, that is to make people believe deeper in, in God. That's the reason for that. That's, that's what makes that a just, or not justifiable, but like, we 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 can accept this horrible tragedy and move on because it because it's somehow steeled us and strengthened us in our faith and i understand that it's just that that to me should be the silver lining not the 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 rationale not the reason the purpose so that's not quite right it's it's that it's part of god's plan but that doesn't mean that, you know, if you learned something out of this explosion in Lebanon that, um, you know, that we shouldn't store chemicals in the way that they're storing <laughs> yeah. chemicals there, that doesn't mean you have to throw out that lesson. That doesn't – it just means that there are forces that are beyond our control and it's a part of God's plan now, I mean, how that forms your opinion of who God is or what he intends to do, I mean, that's a different question. But right. But it's it's wrapped up in this, like, you know, it's suffering will continue to exist. It's beyond our control to end suffering. We should minimize it where we can. And obviously the, the loss of human life is always tragic in that way but like we have to understand it as it's part of a plan that we aren't even supposed to get so there's um there's an episode of scrubs that has always stood out in my mind and that show has kind of not held up very well in a few ways over the years but it it, it was still a it was a great show at the time and they 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 had this episode yeah. Where Dr. Cox and Laverne are like getting into it about exactly this question. And there's this little girl who gets brought into the hospital and she's been like stabbed by some hoodlum or something. It's a little like five, ten year old girl. You know, she's in intensive care, whatever. They, they manage to save her. And, and she, well, but while she's like there on the table, Dr. Cox turns to Laverne and goes, where's your higher purpose there? What's your, you know, t explain to me how this is justified. And uh, a little later on in the episode, now granted, obviously, this is a scripted TV show, so whatever. But um, later on in the episode, uh, they essentially 
discover a tumor near where she was stabbed that no one would have ever noticed if she hadn't been stabbed and going through x-rays and stuff. And so she says, well, there you go. It's, it's an interesting episode. Right. I mean, I would point out it doesn't it doesn't always work no, out that no. cleanly in life. So this is like a really old philosophical problem. This is called um, the problem of evil. Uh, just like if God is omnipotent and omniscient, then why would he allow, and benevolent, why would he allow suffering to be in the world? And it's it's not an easy question. Um, so, like, you know, one of the ways would be, like, whittling away at one of those premises, like saying, you know, maybe he's not omnipotent, maybe he's not omniscient, or maybe he's not benevolent. And I right. think it's a worthy question to ask. I don't have a nice packaged good answer with a bow on top but i i think it's a worthy yeah. question it's to tough be asking but the way i've always seen it is that if if your true belief is that after your time on this mortal coil ends you're going to go to heaven and the people that you leave behind you're still going to see again when they get there as well i mean that that sort of justifies like the child that dies or the the suffering that you that you feel during this because it's going to make your like eternal self more equipped it's going to make you a a better entity moving forward and i like i get that i've always while i think they may be annoying i've always had a lot of respect i guess in a weird way for people who evangelize hardcore because they think that you are going to go to hell and they want to do everything they can to stop that from happening. Right. Even even when they knock on your doorstep or... Annoying like, as hell. But if from their perspective, you are going to go to hell and they can save like your eternal soul, that like that is a incredible gift that they're trying to give me. Even though I'm just trying to have my God macaroni and cheese or whatever, and please let me get on with my day. Well, the secret's out. That's that's what I'm trying to do in this episode. <laughs> is I'm trying to save your guys' souls. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> go with um. I'm gonna go. You're with... doing a bad job so far. Yeah. Uh, ah. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with unwholesome yeah. thoughts and or deeds always return to suffering. Um, I'm gonna kind of. Thro- I wanna. I wanna caveat and throw out the word karma i'm not saying that this is like karma and there will be you know rebirths and stuff but i think that suffering in the world comes from unwholesome thoughts and deeds and those things cause suffering i i don't i think that's pretty straightforward um you know violence and greed cause suffering not only on the parts of the the victims the recipients of that violence or greed but also uh, there's a, a moral, I think, a, a moral reckoning that that person has in some way or another. Uh, what form that may take, I'm not really willing to to prognosticate on at this point. But but I think that, that that's what I'm going with. And I'm going to go with a medium importance there. Yeah, I put medium. Okay. Cool. Awesome. All right, so things change up uh, for the next few questions. Um, for questions 8 through 12... Uh, the answer is based on your belief about the path to the ultimate reward or reality, e.g. heaven, exaltation, ultimate liberation, 
full enlightenment, complete spiritual harmony, merger with God, etc. And I think you are next up to read, Pat. Okay, so this question, number eight, is you must worship. Uh, for me, this is a very simple, uh, none of the above. Yep, none of the above. High importance. Low, I'm going to say low importance. I'm <laughs> like, it is not important to me that I don't worship any of these guys. It's, um, it's what, the reason I say high importance is because I think that worshiping any entity distracts from the real goal or work to be done, which is being a good person to the people around you. Sure. Uh, God, the Father, His Son, Holy Spirit, each a distinct entity, high importance. That's that's the main thing. Cool. Okay. That's interesting, because I, I wasn't sure uh, whether you were going to go with the three personas being like part of one entity, or if you believed that they mm-hmm. were distinct entities, so... And sorry, what was the the importance on that for you? Uh, for me, that's high importance. Like Snoop Dogg. Okay. All right. Question nine. You must participate in certain sacred rites of your faith group, e.g. baptism, initiation rites, etc. Disagree. High importance. Rituals are meaningless. Good actions and living a good life ultimately is what matters to me. So I'm actually going to take disagree here. I think it's nice to participate in the sacred rites of your faith group. Um, But, like, according to the way that I see the world, if you are the last human being and you're on a rocket ship to Mars and you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you have your faith, but you have no way of participating in, like, baptism or initiation rites, or anything like that, like, can't go to church. I I don't think that that person is screwed just because, like, they don't have these rituals available to them. Like, I, I feel like that's not the right. most important thing in the world. It's It's nice, and I think that there's a lot that you can get out of those sort of, like, ceremonies and stuff, but... I don't think it's the be-all, end-all for Mm. faith. And I think I've talked about it very briefly in a previous episode, but um, I'm a Unitarian Universalist, and a big reason why I like being a Unitarian Universalist, I mean, there are many, is that we don't have to evangelize. There's, There's not a specific way to be a person in that religion. It's all about your own individual spiritual journey. And so we certainly have, we, we certainly have baptism sometimes. Uh, we certainly have spiritual ceremonies, sacred rites uh, for us and things like that. But my wife's not a Unitarian. I don't need her to be. I'm not interested in trying to make her be. I don't think it'll make her a better person. So I'm actually going to choose not applicable for this one because it doesn't matter to me. I, I, I don't care. You can or you can't, and I think for some people in Unitarianism, they're going to say, yes, I I must do this, and some people aren't going to care at all. So, not applicable, and I'm going to choose medium importance. Question 10. This is the midway point. All right, you must regularly confess your sins or wrongs to a cleric, your sins or wrongs, but not necessarily to a cleric, or not applicable. 
Well, uh, for me, uh, again, very easy. Uh, I'm just going to say not applicable. I don't think you need to confess to anybody. I think it's probably good to be honest uh, with people, but not in a spiritual sense. And I'm going to give that, let's say, medium importance. I'm going to say you must regularly confess your sins or wrongs, but not necessarily to a cleric. Like, I think if you are confessing in prayer, I think if you're confessing, like, you're just admitting to yourself or to God, you know, that you did something wrong. It's an important part of, like, learning and growing. I don't think that this is, like, the most important part of Christian ritual is uh, going to a priest and confessing. I mean, I, I don't even think that that's like something that's mandated that we do in the Bible. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think there's a passage that directly commands you to do that. Uh, I'm going to go with <laughs> sins or wrongs, but not necessarily to a cleric as well. I'm going to leave it at medium importance. Um, basically, the idea of, I mean, when it comes to what I think of when I think of the word spirituality, it's about growing and bettering yourself as a person and, and being trying to become the best person you can be. And the only way to do that is by honest self-evaluation and looking at what you're doing and deciding whether that is what you want to continue doing or not. And so confessing sins or wrongs to me pretty much just means talking about about yourself, talking about your your thought process. As far as I'm concerned, this is going to a therapist. And I think that that's something that anyone and everyone would benefit from. I, I don't think there's a single person on the planet who, who wouldn't benefit at least a little bit from regularly talking to a, you know, a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a counselor, someone, uh, or, or a priest, someone in that sort of how to, uh, sort of rabbinical role. But it's not necessary, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, uh, just self-reflection is pretty solid, too. Uh, I'm going to put this on medium important. Okay. All right, question 11. Good works, deeds, and compassion are necessary to attain the ultimate reward or reality? Uh, we are saved through faith and the grace of God. Good works demonstrate faith. Or there is no spiritual realm afterlife or not important or not applicable. Andy, what are you thinking here? Oh, there's not a good answer here. I have no clue. So good good works, deeds, and compassion are... There's no option that says are to be expected for out of basic human decency. Uh, so... The the only one that seems to even allude to just doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do is there is no spiritual realm after life or not important or not applicable. I hate that answer. It does not work for me, but it's it works. It doesn't work less than the <laughs> other two don't work for me. I'm going to go with a low importance because it's such a bad answer. Right. No, that's that's the glory of like answering these quizzes because like it's all about trying to figure out, like, yeah, which sometimes. answer do I hate the least? <laughs> and uh, I have to agree, I also hate the answer 
There's no spiritual realm, afterlife, or not important, or not applicable. Um, yeah, I, again, I don't know. Like my, that would be my, my best answer. Uh, I like yeah, it. Good, do good things because you are. Right. Because do you should, good things. You should be a good person and you shouldn't need mm-hmm. some sort of like eternal bribe to do it. You should just go ahead and be a good person to be a good person. Um, well, and I'll do you one further as far as I'm concerned. If you need some sort of eternal bribe to be a good person, then you're not a good person. Right. Right. Um, so I'm going to choose high importance and there is no spiritual realm or afterlife or not important or not applicable because again, boy, I hope it's applicable. Um, but I just don't know. So I'm going to say, yeah, that's where I'm at. So, uh, my answer is going to be, we are saved through grace uh, through faith and the grace of God, good works demonstrate faith. So there's a concept that um, is called the first fruits of the spirit. Um, it's not that doing good deeds will get you into heaven or will get you better real estate in heaven or a reward or anything like that. It's that if you are full of this love of God and the spirit of God, then the way that that manifests itself is in good works. They kind of go hand in hand. It's not that you need the good works to get something or to get where you want to go. It's that that's that's a natural consequence of being a person that is full of faith and full of the spirit of God. So I like that reason. <clears throat> yeah. There's there's a concept, and I'm sure it might come up later, but there's a concept that I like for the not sure part of me, but that leans spiritual. Um, in Unitarian Universalism, uh, Universalism started out as like a very basic concept of universal salvation. Everybody goes to heaven no matter what. Maybe you need a little work. You're going to have a chance to work on that, but... Everybody goes to heaven after after they die, and uh, I like I I don't know that I like that so much as the idea of eternity doesn't have to be a punishment for you based on this like tiny sliver of your Mm. existence if there is an afterlife. Yeah, I mean it sounds really nice. I'm just worried that that's that's not biblical at all. That that universal salvation, like I mean, that sounds great, um, right? That's that's pretty contrary to most of Christian thought, <laughs> which I think is some people's problem yeah. with Christian thought. A lot of the time is that, like, you know, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, that that baked in punishment well, and, as part and of that the deal. Ever. I, there's not a lot of flexibility in Christian thought either. So, like, there's a lot. The Bible covers a whole bunch of freaking topics, doesn't it? And um, there's sort of the like, there's not really much willingness to be like, yeah, you know what? Probably, <laughs> probably go off book on that topic. Right. And for me, it was always it was always very simple for me to be anti-Christian uh, when I was growing up uh, because mm-hmm. of the homophobia. 
that I think is less important now than it seemed when I was growing up, but was very much baked mm-hmm. in to the religion and that that hatred that came along with I, it. And I was just like, fuck you. If you don't if you don't believe that my family and my friends are like equally worthy of salvation or whatever, like fuck you. I don't wanna like I don't wanna be in any part of eternity. Yeah. That right, so I'm, I'm going to have to address that, I think. So, I can't really speak for all of Christianity. I'm not a representative for all Christians. For me, I think a lot of those passages come from the Old Testament anyway. One of the things with with Jesus' new covenant, with the new, um, with the sort of like a new deal, not the FDR kind, <laughs> um, is that the old... The old rules don't apply anymore, and the only thing that you need is, like, faith in Jesus. And the the other thing that I'll say about that is that when you're pointing out that, like, um, you know, this passage says that, like, being homosexual is sinful or being uh, homosexual is... An abomination. Right. Man man shall not lie with man, I think, is from Leviticus, if I'm not mistaken. That's a sin. There are a lot of things that are sins. Like I said before, that sin is like an archery term of like falling short of being exactly God. And in that sense, like everybody falls short of being exactly God. You know, we're all flawed in that Speak way. Speak yourself. Um, I... I don't. I don't hate anybody who's homosexual. I don't think anybody um, can't get into heaven for being homosexual. That's that's just not my deal. Um, I think that God loves everybody. Um, we might not be perfect, but um, I think that when you're saying like something like X, Y, and Z is sinful, I think that that just means that we're falling short of of godliness and i think that that's that's not as big of a deal as long as you have faith in jesus to to sort of get you in the door you know that you get forgiven of sin through jesus so i i think that homosexuality is not the biggest deal it is it i mean if you are a liberal person there is some problematic stuff that you'll find in the Bible that there's there's passages that are <laughs> they do not have like stuff that's not in the Bible. They have no problem with slavery, for example. Like there's nothing nothing against slavery in the Bible. Um, in fact, in fact, they actually lay out the rules for slavery. It's interesting, but I will also say the rules on that slavery are different than like being it's it's more like for example slavery instead of owning a person for the rest of their life if you oh no well they give rules for like when you are and aren't allowed to kill your slaves or yep. your wife who's basically yep. a slave anyway um, my, i'd my say goal, that that's pretty much on the same scale my goal for this episode is not to shit on the bible <laughs> my right my goal is I mean, more like i just wanted to try and give context for like but like where, that goes where, to my point before of like rigid bible thumping people like generally speaking haven't actually read it because if they did they would not be so strict in their in their uh you know statements um 
there's so much in in the Bible that is written very explicitly that no person in their right mind nowadays would would look, read and say that's okay. And generally speaking, most people just kind of they they take that into account. They read it and they go, okay, well that's obviously like <laughs> let's throw that one out. Um, but you have people like what's his name, Pat Richardson or Robertson. Oh, I hate that guy. Um, not you, Pat. <laughs> okay. You're great. Uh, no, um, that, you know, or, or some of the televangelists and stuff who are, who are really, they're not really there for spiritual purposes. They're there to make money and have a TV show. But, you know, it's kind of like professional wrestling where the people who watch it still figure it's real. Right. Actually, um, the Bible predicts that and the Bible speaks out against that. That there are, yeah. like, you know, people who are, going to mislead and use like Jesus's teachings for their own ends and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a great anyway. one woman show by Julia Sweeney who was on SNL. She played Pat. Um, oh. but she did a one woman show called letting go of God, uh, where she had apparently grown up Christian and wanted to get back into it. So she joined a, um, Bible study group where they literally read the Bible and talked about it and things like that. And the basically the show is about how reading the Bible was the thing that made her no longer Christian because of the, the things that she read in it. And I, it's, it's really interesting. I, again, I have no problem with people like believing in the Bible to like a reasonable extent, you know, like to being able to take in consideration that science is a thing and that people that the Bible uh, talks like speaks against have value yeah. and things like that. Um, but I might put something uh, about that uh, in the doobly doo as well. Um, but it's it's very very good. Um, but I think if we Time don't want on. this episode to go three hours, we should probably move on to the next question. And I think that's me. Um, question twelve of twenty. Choose the statement that best reflects your beliefs about the path to the ultimate reward or reality. So I think I go first this time. So um, I was initially very attracted by the tap the power of the ultimate through intercessory methods such as physics. And then I realized it didn't say physics. (laughs) It said psychics. There's a there's a and whole I got joke. Really sad. There's a whole joke in the West Wing in one episode about uh, messing up physics and psychics. And as a special treat for our friend Josh Lyman, who's recovering very nicely at GW, the president's science advisor is telling us that psychics at Caltech and the Fermi National Accelerator Lab. You know what? I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be physicists. <laughs> I I gotta say I do I like there's I think there's two different kind kinds of questions here really. Um, one is like a personal path to ultimate reward or reality or whatever. Um, the other is more of a societal approach. So on a personal level, I actually, I, I, the live simply, renounce worldly goals and material possessions resonates a lot with me. I think on a sort of a path of quote personal enlightenment, um, I think that that is a pretty, great place to at least start because it inherently it forces a lot of introspection and stuff but my answer is going to be the last one humankind will be quote saved through human effort not through religious faith or spiritual practices because on a societal level that's what's mostly important 
important. We have to do things to fix the problems in our world today. We cannot just pray them away. And I, this came up earlier. It's probably going to come up again. This is one of my one of my big beefs with organized religion in general, especially Christianity and, and Islam, because they do put a big emphasis on praying and, and on the power of prayer and things like that. And it is my firmly held belief that on a societal level that dissuades actual personal activism and bettering the world around you. And that's part of the reason why we are where we are in 2020, period. So I'm going with high, high importance on that too. So have you tried it? Uh, have you tried praying? Technically, yeah. But I couch that with a lot of, you okay. know, whatever, questionability because I never in my life have, have really believed in a God that would answer a prayer for some rando like me. Um, or anyone at all. Like, I, I just have never believed in that anyway. So to say that I prayed is basically to say, like, there was a point in my life in my teenage years where I was desperate enough to get a date with a girl that I would try that. Fair enough. So, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. That's a literal thing. I, that, I'm, that I did. I'm just saying don't knock it until you tried it. I've been amazed by the power of prayer. Like, Personally, so, like my experience in life, I was really shocked and really surprised at the. Uh, but again, you're you're talking about fixing personal, like personal path towards towards whatever ultimate thing, and so in that regard, I think just on a psychological level, right, praying is roughly equivalent to you know being optimistic and wish and not wishful thinking, but. But being positive and hoping for the best and that and positive outlooks and I'm sure that you reap all the same psychological benefits that you would if you took a more secular version of that prayer. Meditation uh, or whatever. Yeah. Um or or just like, you know, positive affirmations Maybe. every day or gratitude journals and stuff like that. These things all work on, on a personal level for people. They they enrich people's lives in a very meaningful way. And I think prayer is a very valid form of that. So I don't want to take away from it in that regard, but in terms of like fixing poverty or ending the conflict, conflict in the middle East or whatever, like prayer is not on the table as an option to me. It's that's a joke to me. And when I hear like Mike Pence having a, a, a prayer meeting, about the coronavirus and not actually talking about any science or medicine right. actions that they could take and just praying for an hour. That's what they did. They did that. That's a thing that happened. I don't know if it was an hour, but that, that meeting occurred where they just, they just tried to pray it away. Right. And, and that pisses me off. And I'm fine with that being part of the process. <laughs> you know, like, Go ahead and have a prayer to open up your meeting, for example. Yeah, like, don't I not pray. I, don't I wouldn't. Care. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have any problem with that at all. But you know, maybe go ahead and you know use the brain that you're given by God to work out the problems <laughs> that you were also given by God. Apparently, right. I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend prayer as a replacement for right. action. I wouldn't say that you should pray. Instead of wearing a mask <laughs> and social distancing, for example, or developing a vaccine, or really replacing any medical 
um, you know, surgery or operation or any medical precaution. I'm just saying that, you know, don't, don't knock it until you've tried it. No. That's- Look, there, there were studies. I remember these studies from when I was a kid that, that they would, they would do like double blind studies where, um, certain patients were treated with tra- patients for the same thing were all treated the same way, except that some group like received prayer and some group didn't. And they said that the people who got prayed for recovered faster or something like that. I, I'm going to force Nathan to fact check that, but you know, oh, it's like, aha. I'll, I'll help. I'll help. Fact check. Fact check. Fact check. And welcome back to fact check. Thank goodness. Episodes that only have opinions in them leave little for me to do in the old fact check arena. But here I am, and let's go ahead and talk about the power of prayer, shall we? I'm not going to delve too far into this, but a study that came out in 2006 that was the largest I've been able to find concluded a few things about the results of prayer on people undergoing heart surgery. Based on that study, not only did prayer not help those involved, those who were prayed for had worse outcomes than those who weren't. For patients who knew they were being prayed for, 59% suffered complications compared to only 51% of those who were uncertain. For patients who were prayed for without their knowledge, 18% suffered major complications like heart attacks or stroke compared only 13% in the group that weren't prayed for. Quote, The problem with studying religion scientifically is that you do violence to the phenomenon by reducing it to basic elements that can be quantified, and that makes for bad science and bad religion, said Dr. Richard Sloan, a professor of behavioral medicine at Columbia. So I guess if you have loved ones who are undergoing a medical procedure and you want them to have the best possible chance, don't pray for them. Or do. I'm not your mom, and it seems like it's all actually just chance. Anyway... Let's get back to the show. Fact check, fact check, fact check. Trust my ability to be able to find that because I'm sure there are a million different things about the, like a million different little studies that have happened. And yeah, like yeah. I'm saying, I, I 100%, I think, you know, don't, don't stop praying just because I think it, it's silly. Like I have my opinions and my opinions could be wrong, well, but and I would also I'm saying say let's like, not rely on that. <laughs> when it, when it talks to health, when we're talking about health outcomes, there is science that shows that uh, a person's views, like whether they're hopeful about their outcome or not has a huge effect on whether they get better or not. And exactly. If, if someone thinks that prayer is going to be a part of that, then great. That's it's absolutely going to have an effect. Um, so, Pat, what, Pat, what was yours? What do you think? Mm-hmm. So, so getting getting back to this question. So, um, I really want to like the answer: all even terrible wrongdoers attain the ultimate reward after death because God is infinitely forgiving. That's almost correct none of these answers are quite perfect um the problem with all even terrible wrongdoers answer is you need faith in jesus for that to happen god is infinitely forgiving but you have to ask for forgiveness it's not it's not something that like you know if you 
if you never admit wrongdoing, if you never ask for forgiveness, that you will be forgiven automatically. Right. So I'm really torn. That's that's kind of the closest can I, answer, Can I ask though. you real quick? Can I ask you real quick? Do you... Like, I know one of the things that comes up is not everybody has the ability or the chance to hear the word of God. And if you never had the ability to hear about that, mm-hmm. is that for you... Like, do, is there a caveat, do you think? Or is that just like, ah, oh, too bad for you, straight to hell? <laughs> like, I know, I know, like... <laughs> um, That's a really tough... Yeah, no, that's a really tough question. Like, people, people who existed before Christianity or people who like you would point out as having lived a really good life but was not a Christian like people point to like Mahatma Gandhi or um, Donald Trump examples of people who lived these like Mm -hmm. saint like lives um, but didn't have faith in Jesus I think that's a really tough question um i think that there is uh you know in the in the end times um there are people who you'll you'll get judged and um there are people who are um pretty close but need to go into purgatory for a while or something to to fully realize um i i guess the the answer is really like I don't know, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that God would be forgiving to people who never had an opportunity to be Christian. The, the The answer really has to be, I don't know. Yeah. Like, the the thing for me is, like, if he isn't, then I'm back to my, well, f*** that guy. Like, if, if he can't forgive people, then why am I worshiping you in the first place? Right. Like if you're going to be petty about that stuff then you're you're not you're not worth my worship. So All right. Right. So for lack of uh having the perfect answer, I'm going to go with uh all even terrible wrongdoers attain the ultimate reward. I mean that's yeah. not quite it, but it's that's well, as and close I think, as I'm going to get. Think for me test. personally, I with a lot of these questions have to because of my, you know, inherent uh, attitude i have to pick whether i am going with what my hope is or what my fear is because my fear is that there's nothing but my hope is exactly like Mm. you pat all even terrible wrongdoers attain the ultimate reward after death because God is infinitely forgiving, even if that does, I, I would even be open to the idea of a heaven and a purgatory where you get shunted into purgatory and you have to work for your salvation from there. But hell does not match up with the idea of any God that I could get behind. So I am going to, uh, for this question, uh, be hopeful and go with all even terrible wrongdoers attain the ultimate reward after death. And I'm going to put that on high. All right. Nice. Okay. I put this on medium just because it's, I mean, it's not the perfect answer that I wanted. Okay. Question 13. Elective abortion should be a woman's choice. Agree, disagree, neutral. 
Yeah, agree. It's super easy. Agree. Hi. Done. Same. So this is a really tough question for me. Um, I, of course, first and foremost, believe that a woman's choice is, you know, her her own body, that she has control over her own body. At the same time, like, I mean, I think it's regrettable. I think that if we lived in a perfect world, everyone would have the choice and no one would choose that. So, I mean, it it pains me and it's a really tough question. I have a lot of conflicting, ambivalent feelings about, but I have to go with agree that it should be yeah. a woman's choice. Like, of course it should be a woman's choice. Yeah. I like the uh, the quote from, I don't know if it was Bill himself, but it was kind of popularized during his administration, Bill Clinton, but uh, abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Yeah. And I would say, like, I right. absolutely agree with you, Pat. Yeah. I'm I'm in the same place. I, I think it is regrettable, but I think I think women who make that choice, and I don't want to speak for everybody, would tend to agree with that as well. Like it's not, it's not a choice that you want to make. It's not a choice that's made lightly. It's something that that is mm-hmm. not great, but should be an option. So, but I think I think by far the bigger evil is to, on the one hand tell people what they're going to do with their own body and on the other hand you know in places and during times when abortion is illegal unsafe uh right. you know back alley yeah. abortions go way up and yeah never got and a lot of people die like a, a lot of people are killed from unsafe medical practices that way so i mean you're not you're not really reducing human suffering when you're saying like, uh, right. This is the way that you're going to handle. It would be nice body. for conservatives to back birth control as a way of lowering the number of abortions, but the it's it's not it, like we we can't get together on that stuff, and it's it's sad. I I don't I don't want to take on that question because that's literally not me. So I I'm not going to take that side in that argument. Right, no, and I, I, it's not coming across that way. Is it my turn to read now? I think so. Okay, uh, this is another super easy one for me, but I'll wait uh, until you guys have answered. Question 14 of 20. Homosexual behavior should be regarded as moral or out of harmony. Agree, disagree, neutral, or not applicable? Yeah, so disagree, high importance. Disagree. I, I don't think it's immoral. Is that uh, what importance is that for you? Uh, medium importance. Uh, I mean, I I don't think that people going around pointing out that um, you know X, Y, and Z is an abomination in the Bible. I I think they need to yep. look at themselves before they go around accusing other people i think there's some phrase about throwing stones about that but i can't remember what it is let 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 he who is without sin cast the first stone no no. rolling stones gather no moss that's Mm, what you're thinking no i think it's satisfaction i can't get no okay um and i am i'm gonna throw a curveball and say agree with this no i (laughs) I disagree high importance (laughs) wow okay yeah cool (laughs) 
All right, so question 15. Roles for women and men should be prescribed. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with disagree. Yeah, this this is where we pick up steam and like save ourselves a bunch of time. Uh, disagree, yeah. high importance. I'm going with medium importance only because I, I don't think that that I think that that's just something that's pretty getting into the rearview mirror. Uh, I think it's not as problematic as it was. So there are a bunch of things in the Bible about this, like um, you know, women. Uh, I think it's women obey your husbands and men love your wives and stuff like that. Like there's there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that does give prescription for. Uh, this is how women act. This is how men act. Um, to me, that's really that's not the important part of the book. Right. I'm, I'm gonna go with disagree on this. Cool. And your importance? Uh I guess low. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Wait. Question sixteen: Divorce and/or remarriage should be restricted or punished or condemned? <laughs> uh, getting super easy. I think uh, disagree high. I think a lot of these questions based around religion are just sexism, like wrapped up in a bow. So you you don't like because it would it's never it would never be the woman's choice to, traditionally whether she gets to leave that relationship or not. It would be up to the man. And uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, disagree high importance. I'm I'm in lockstep with you on this. Disagree high importance. Ditto. I, I don't know what else to add to that. Yeah. Let's roll yeah. it on. Uh, question 17 of 20. Establishing social programs, e.g. for equality, anti-poverty, peace, should be fundamental to my belief group. Agree, disagree, neutral, or not applicable? I'm going to agree with this. Medium importance. Uh, I mean, one of the big things about Christianity is that you're helping the poor. Um, if you're not doing that, I mean, it doesn't mean that you don't have faith in Jesus, but it might mean that you didn't read that carefully along the way. <laughs> right. It does seem like there's a lot of Christians that don't, that are, that are not in lockstep with what Jesus would have believed. Cause the dude was basically a socialist and definitely not white. He's a Jewish Middle Eastern socialist, I should say. Uh, I'm gonna go with neutral or not applicable on this one. I don't have a belief group. I don't want one. I have a very personal, individual kind of approach to my own kind of spiritual relationship or whatever with higher powers or whatever you want to call it. So I try to kind of look on a broader scale and like see, you know, should, and, and think about should social programs be fundamental to a belief group? And I'm going to say, I mean, should they be if, if that is important to their belief structure? Um, there's plenty of belief groups, for example, like monks in a monastery or, or something that that are that doing social programs and outreach and stuff is is just not really a part of what they're trying to accomplish and how they're going about things. And I think that's fine. I personally like mm. social mm. programs, but I also would say those social programs have no business being part of the government. I don't want people instituting their right. their religions, social programs. Um, so if we're talking about equality and anti-poverty, 
um, you know, I love to see churches work going out and fighting against those issues. Um, and I like to see the government addressing those issues, but I would be weirded out and very concerned if, say, some Christian organization were like getting a whole bunch of government funds to go fight poverty. And I would immediately start assuming that it was being done somehow racistly or sexistly or something like that. Cause are you considering mm. monkhood? What are you considering monkhood? Me, me personally, when, when you were talking about your belief group that you, you talked about monks. No, as an example <laughs> of a, of a belief group that, that may not have, social programs at core to their structures, to their beliefs. Oh, fair enough. Right. Yeah. I'm going with low importance. For Unitarians, it's a big deal. Uh, we were on the front lines of the civil rights movement. Uh, we were on the front lines of LGBTQ acceptance and rights uh, and still are. We are on the front lines of the immigration debate now. Uh, a big, big part of Unitarianism is social action that goes along with that. So I'm going to say agree and, again, high importance for me. Question, question 18. Nonviolence, including pacifism, opposition to the death penalty, etc., should be a f fundamental to my belief group. I'm just going to jump in here and answer the same way I did before. Neutral, not applicable, low importance, same reason. Um, I don't have a belief group and I don't want one. So I'm taking sort of a wider spectrum approach to the question. Yeah, for me, I am I mean, I've, I always call myself a terrible pacifist. Functionally, I'm an excellent pacifist. I haven't gotten into a fight, certainly in my adult life and well within my uh, like teenage years as well. But if someone I knew were in danger, you got to believe that while I would try and be nonviolent about it, I would definitely get physically involved. I felt very like I found that as watching uh, police brutality videos and the thugs in Portland kidnapping people off the street, I'd be like, yeah, I'd hit that guy in the head with a baseball bat. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're kidnapping somebody off the sure. street. So, again, terrible pacifist. But also, it just has nothing to do with my religion. Like, there's there's nothing saying opposition to the death penalty. That is something that is very much in our wheelhouse. Um, pacifism is not. So, it's... Ugh, I'm, I'm torn between agree and neutral. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say neutral or not applicable and medium importance for me. Um, so I'm gonna put agree just because it's the best fit. The teachings of Christianity is very much like turn the other cheek, love your enemy, try and be at peace with God, be at peace with the world, love your neighbors. And I believe that thoroughly, and I agree with that. I think personally, myself, I believe that there are situations where you don't get out of without violence, but I think it should always be the last resort. Last resort. Mm -hmm. Like, that you should have exhausted absolutely everything else before that option is on the table. So, um, so I'm going right. to put with agree for nonviolence. Question 19. Spiritual healing practices should be fundamental to my belief group and preferred over conventional medicine. Uh, fuck, no, uh, disagree, high importance. Yeah, disagree, high. Same. Um, this is where 
like, again, we talked about before, but believe what you believe, but if someone's life is then being put in danger because of those beliefs, then there's a big problem. Right. Okay. Okay. Last question here. I hope you're ready to find out whether it's time to convert or not, gentlemen, Mm -hmm. Uh, because revering and or worshiping nature should be fundamental to my belief group. Agree or disagree, neutral or not applicable? Disagree, neutral, not applicable. Um, Yeah. Yeah, again, I'm not trying to tell anybody what their belief group should be, how it should be structured. I mean, in the sense that nature is God's creation, but I mean, nature itself, I don't know. So I'm going to, like, I'm not going to read this in terms of a hippie hug a tree uh, sense. I'm going to go ahead and read it in terms of environmentalism, and that is uh, big for my belief group. So I'm going to say, in terms of you should believe in environmentalism and taking care of the planet, that's agree, and that's going to be a high for me. And cool. uh, should we get the results? Let's get yeah, results. Let's find out. I'm clicking. I got orthodox Quakerism. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. All Mine's right. Well, excuse me. So I got Protestant before when I answered this this quiz. That that's wild. Unsurprisingly, I ended up with secular humanism. Same again. <laughs> I think. How did I get Orthodox Quakerism? I'll have to look at what Quakerism is about. You you sit in a room with other Quakers and are <clears throat> silent and meditative for a long time, and that those are basically your services. Okay. So <laughs> we can do some more research into that. Uh, but let's go ahead, gentlemen, and have the world's shortest Precious Moments. Precious Moments. Okay. <laughs> uh, my Precious Moment uh, for this week is uh, very fast. I actually started a Precious Moments section in our Discord uh, that we share with each other. But last week, Dr. Fauci... Ended up throwing out the first pitch of the Major League Baseball season. And as part of that, got a Topps baseball card that sold out within 24 hours. It's the most sold baseball card that Topps has ever had, which is wild. To which Trump the next day said that he was going to drop out of plans to throw out the first pitch at uh, the Yankees game. To which the Yankees said, we never invited you to do that. So... <laughs> That, I thought, was very fun. That was my precious moment. Next. My precious moment this week is going to be... So, NPR put out a, a, a poll. And I know polls are not to be trusted. And I know all of that. And it's fine. But I think it's still worth taking a look at the results and, and seeing what... Look, we're, we live in a very unique time. This is a very unique election. And Trump's trying to push it off. No, nope, don't do it. Nonsense, you're, but. you're killing me right now. I'm dying. You've killed me. I'm dead. What? Why? Rip. Because very unique is nothing. Oh. You said a thing that doesn't exist. <clears throat> Whatever. So 2020 is a is a very special time with lots of things that make it unique. That's good. You're good. More things that make it unique You're than most there. years. That's not a thing, but go ahead. Yes, it is. Why not? Fastest, fastest precious moments ever. Go. Uh, so my precious moment this week is a poll that NPR put out. And I'm not putting too much stock in it in terms of using it to predict the election. But I do think it is interesting to watch numbers change and adjust. And 
on one hand, you know, it looks like there's states that are starting to slide towards you know, states that no one ever really thought were going to go slide blue are, 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 are actually leaning Democrat right now. But that, you know, that could change any time. I'm not going to think too much about that. But what I think is right. super interesting about these the poll that came out was that Biden's numbers didn't really change by Biden's approval or or the the interest in Biden has stayed pretty much level upper 40s 48 49% consistently it's just that Trump's numbers are tanking and it's funny to me because he in response to his numbers tanking he just doubles down on the same things that he is doing that are making them tank because he thinks that those are the thing he doesn't think that those are what are going that what are making him tank. He, he's just delusional. He's losing his mind. He's losing grip, and uh, it's kind of fun to watch. <laughs> uh, one thing, real quick, that I think is interesting is partially it's because Trump keeps on opening his mouth, and Biden just doesn't yeah. really do much of anything. Yep. He just realized like I can ride this out. I'm he's good. Just letting Trump beat Trump. Right. So yesterday there were a bunch of uh, helicopter uh, troop transport carriers that were flying over the west side. Um, I got a text from my mom saying, like, you know, that there are all these personnel, you know, these uh, helicopters that are flying, like, really low, really loud, like, right over her house. We had a couple of theories of what it was going to be. Like, there is an FBI raid that's going on downtown. Um, I forget what kind of group it was, but there was there was some kind of group that was being investigated by the FBI. Um, but it turns out it's not that. It was military drills in preparation for the President of the United States visiting. And mm. I think that's tomorrow that he's coming. So... That's fun. Yeah, so if anybody wants to go to a rally, um, that would be tomorrow. I'm going to be working, so I'm not going to be able to go. But, yeah, President of the United As States is going to be in town. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool. Cool. Well, yay. Well, They're sending secret police here, yay. so we haven't had... We haven't had... Uh, like any big protests in like months but apparently uh we have enough black people in our town where they decided cleveland let's send some secret and a, and a so, democratic mayor excited about that oh then yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh just in terms of identity not in terms of if they're here or not although they are wearing camo so they're basically invisible right. oh okay anyway um I do need to come up with a catchphrase. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully we give you guys 20 things to think about this week. Okay, love you, bye. You should just leave the cap off. Because <laughs> at some point you're going to need to uncap it again. And I know you're like, glug, glug, glug sound. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> the sound comes from the bottle, not from me. It's not me making that noise. You you are the one who has tipped the bottle. That's how you get the water a, out. <laughs> right. And it's an inherently noisy process that you have engaged in. 13, uh, 12, 
You know what else is an inherently noisy process is counting down from 13. 